Hey there, he's, she's, they's, and we's. You're listening to another episode of Let's Talk Life podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to Let's Talk Life on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram. Please share our podcast with your friends, send us a comment, or forward pictures of your dogs. We love it all. Now, without further ado, I'm Angela. And I'm Jackie. And you're listening to Let's Talk Life podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with our friend Nathaniel Charles about their journey with authentic gender expression and how their choices regarding fashion, faith, friendship, and more help that authenticity flourish. True. (laughs) I don't know shit about the the planets. (laughs) I don't know enough about the planets. (laughs) Planets World, we are here today with our friend Nathaniel Charles. Nathaniel, can you introduce yourself to everyone on the yeah. podcast? Hello, I'm Nathaniel Charles. Uh, my pronouns are he, they, she, any pronouns that is love. Um, I am a writer, primarily. And I know these two lovely humans because we went to school together, went to um, college together and college the past concept the past (laughs) a concept correct (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that's a different episode yeah Uh, exactly exactly higher education Mm, period Period. so it's funny i i didn't share this with you jackie but when nathaniel and i were catching up um they were saying how it was kind of like we were all in a conversation, except they were on mute. <laughs> and this was this was about the our coming out, our coming out episode, our last episode. Oh wow! So I want to unmute you now <laughs> and give you the stage to either respond to what we said in that episode or just share about your own coming out, if that even resonates. Yeah. Sure. So I think it's so interesting, like, so I think, like, learning about in depth about, like, queerness definitely started, like, for me in college. Um, And back then, I feel like the conversation about coming out was so different from, like, where it is now, just, like, how many years has it been? Seven, seven years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe that's a long time. You know, things it move is. exponentially faster now with you know technology and everything. Yeah, culture um, changes. Yeah, so I was like, I could like see myself listening to like a podcast with the exact same title like back then, and it just being like a wildly different conversation. Um, so it was like True. cool to be like. It's cool to, like, for me to reinvestigate those things from, like, the beginning of, like, learning, you know? Because, um, like, there was all that, especially, like, the thing I remember the most about, like, the concept of coming out uh, in, uh, I'm now going to, instead of saying in college, I was going to say when we were younger, younger years, um, mm-hmm. is that it was very much, like, something that uh, brown queers, like, could not, relate to like we weren't really coming out to like our family and like parents and like that wasn't really something that like um we needed um and like at that time I was still just like babyest of baby queers maybe still in the womb Hmm. um so like (laughs) wasn't like I was still just like absorbing everything and didn't really have an opinion um on that at that time but now I'm like yeah like that definitely makes a lot of sense like it's not something I've really done um, with my own family or really like anything like beyond Instagram. Like even a close friend, like, you know, found out my pronouns like through my Instagram bio. Because mm-hmm. it's just, like not something I really like, especially cause like I did that during the pandemic. So like I was not seeing anybody in person also, but like, you know, it's just like, just kind of, it's kind of living life, like you, like y'all were saying. Just you don't feel you have to announce it. Yeah, it's just like it'll come up, you know, <laughs> organically at some. Or right, right, right. You know, so that was cool. 
certainly can can relate to some of that. I I think something that you said intrigued me um, about how you you didn't think it was necessarily important to, or it wasn't a priority, like to think about that or to come out at a certain point. When did it feel to you like it was important, even in that small way, like through just changing your pronouns on Instagram? Mm -hmm. When did you feel comfortable doing that or like feel that it was something important you wanted to do for yourself? I think that I, well, I know. I know I'm very um, uh, protective of me. I know that when I was like mad younger, I wasn't given a lot of like growing up, wasn't given a lot of like space to like be me or express myself. So like when something comes up to me in me, um, I like honor like isn't even a strong enough word. Like I really, I, I'm like dedicated to making sure that like I'm being authentic in that way. Mm. Um, so like once it hits me, it's like, okay, like once I, I, it hits me and I like ruminate, you know, make sure it's in alignment with me. Um, and then I'm like, this is it, you know, like you need to know, I don't care if you care, but like it's out there. So I feel like once it like, once I settled with it, like once I learned enough and settled with it, um, is when I was like, this is relevant information. Now, something else that I know, and we've talked about, we've had a religion episode, right, Angela and I, and discussed how it's influenced just how we've evolved as people. How have has, like, your relationship with faith come into play, even at all, if, it ma- if you feel it matters or has influenced you or inspired you in, or challenged you? in certain ways into now identifying with different pronouns or a broader spectrum of pronouns rather. Yeah. Accurate. Um, I am always like, just like with learning anything like in the world, I always like put it through all my different like lenses of identity, whether it's like, you know, religion or race or um, any aspect of myself, just try and like see how it all fits together. I'm very into like connectedness. Um, So this feels like no different, Um, but obviously has like certain unique historic challenges. Um, And it's just been interesting. I've definitely been like um, opening, I've been finding like the connections between different different like spiritual modalities um and like I feel like though that's not exactly like related to like sexuality um I do feel like there is a big there's big queer energy involved in just like exploring like Mm. um forms of spirituality and like the whole like witchiness thing that I like I'm still learning to understand um and like because like I I suppose I do certain things that <laughs> could be considered witchy it's just like I feel like that definition is op- is is opening up to more things that concept um so it definitely feels very queer because to me like queerness and I was saying a little bit of this to, to Angela that um queerness to me is just kind of like and openness to life and like to the fact that there's like multiple understandings of things and that we're all kind of in a long long term game pursuit of truth capital T truth you know um so I totally feel that see that feels I feel that that is the simplest way to look at queerness I feel like some people or some generations, right, may seem see that as like, what does that even mean? That's yeah. that doesn't that's not simple. It's comp you're complicating gender, right? Um I feel like we're literally we're like laissez faire gender. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It couldn't yeah. get more like more simple to us. We're just like 
it's whatever. It's whatever yeah. you want. Come on. Right. Yeah. And I was actually thinking about uh, something earlier. <laughs> I don't remember how, I don't know. I can't contain it into words yet, but just thinking about like generally like myself and like how like there are aspects of me that like aren't, as far as I know, aren't um, labeled yet. There's not like a popular label yet. But I was like, these kids, this Gen Z. <laughs> they're um, they're on to something. Right. They're going to yeah. figure it out. Like they're in, in five to 10 years, I'll be, I'll be able to, you know, scroll through. There is actually a, a very, very long dictionary for like queer terms. That's why I was like, maybe it exists already. But Whoa, like, I can only through. imagine. I'll send it. It is, it Please. is absurdly long. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so I'm somewhere in there, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like the way that like, I don't know, Annalise, um, Annalise is my wife. Um, her mother, we were talking about like labels and stuff over, uh, over Christmas. And she was like, she's like, I don't really like ascribe to that. Like, I'm just me, you know? Um, mm. And I think that's totally like awesome and fair. And like the way to like, I feel like that's like kind of the end point, you know? I feel like that's where like, we kind of went ahead, but there's all that like figuring out of stuff uh, in between. But definitely True. today I resonated with that. Like, cause I was like, I know that like, I don't have the terms for how I want to live my life, but I know like the way or like, I guess like even that knowledge could be like in a place of transformation, you know, in a state of journeying. Hmm. Um, but like, I have an idea of how I want to live my life. And though there may not be, a term, a neat term that exists for it yet. It's like, I could still tell you my idea. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like I want to know what that is. Like, what is the way that you want to live your life? But I had um, a thought Mm -hmm. going back to what you said prior about sort of like sitting with this knowledge and then being able to say like, okay, I I identify this way. Um, and I'm curious, like what that information was that you came across or were able to sit with that finally allowed you to say like, okay, I'm non-binary or I'm, I'm queer. That's a great question. Non-binary was more recent. So that is more in my memory. I remember when I read that, like, you could be, like, I remember when I, I don't know what all like the terms are, but like when I landed on. Uh, identifying as like a non-binary man and like I read something that was like none of these terms like have to be exclusive um to one another um and that was like eye-opening and freeing and also confusing but like (laughs) but like I could at least put myself like in in that place like that resonated with me um and queer, like, I think that was back in school. I think that was, that was back in school. It's just like, I knew, I saw the people around me and like, I saw what it meant to other people to identify this way. And I could look inside myself and see um, much of the same. And it really boiled down to, like I said, that just like openness to like life. It always just seemed weird. like. So, like, <laughs> back in, like, high school and younger, you know, like, you're with, like, a group of guys, and it's, like, at that time, like, more, like, open guys, I guess, are, like, oh, like, even I, you know, like, oh, like, that guy's attractive, like, even I can see that, you know, it, kind, it like, was positioned, like, this sort of, like, slight, like, deviation from, like, your normal perspective, but I was, like, right, is it, <laughs> or is it just, like, you have two eyes that can receive information and like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you know, yes, yes. Um, to a certain degree, some of the labels actually do complicate or make things feel more like mm. uh, exclusive or rigid than they really are. You know, it's like, rather than it just being feelings. Right. Perhaps like you said, like having two eyes and just registering and very immediately what is contacting with your brain and your body and simply accepting it rather than saying even I a man can tell that this 
another man, man. even me. Right. The most masculine of masculine. Exactly. Masculine does not have to associate (laughs) with, I mean, like you said, these things are not mutually exclusive. Like, what is heteroflexible, really? You know? What is, like, to each their own label, Mm -hmm. right? But, like, I'm, I, as an individual, am confused. (laughs) I've never heard that term, actually. Heteroflexible. No. No. Can you guess? what they're, what they're yeah. saying. <laughs> right. I don't know. Internalized homophobia, perhaps. Right. And then there's people who are like, yes, like, I'm definitely straight. But, you know, what was that? What was that one term? Oh, man. I'm going to describe it, but, like, I forget what the term was, and it always made me laugh. But um, <laughs> it's like, oh, like, I'm definitely straight, but, like, you know, I'll get with a guy, like, here and there. It's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what does... What does straight mean anymore then? It's like, I, I, I'm left behind. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it does seem like in, there is, um, you know, I think sometimes a certain fear with relinquishing that full title of straight mm-hmm. or like, dare I not be able to be considered this or identified with this as this. I do think sometimes maybe, yeah, the, like the terms can be feel so rigid, so scary to take on, you know, that it almost, you know, some people, they shy away from that. So they don't want to explore it. But then you'll be like, then you're openly saying that you'll do, I'm just like. (laughs) Right. Because you're pretty much like, it's like the cat's out of the bag. Right. (laughs) Like, get it? I don't know. But. Angela, I'm going to take over your role asking a question really fast because I have to say, I was very excited, Jackie, to learn that you were queer through this podcast. Yay. Like, Why? I mean, Yay. Great. I know, I know straight people will listen to this. Um, you mm. know, I'm not, I'm not here to attack you, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, there's just a kinship. There's just like an automatic kinship between um, queer people in my experience. Yeah. It's just, like, that's where I've always found, like, openness and love and, like, this idea of, like, chosen family. Um, You know, it's... I agree 100%. Yeah. So, like, that's made me really happy. I was just, like, openness to life. Like, (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I'm happy about it, too. And it's been so interesting, um, like, discussing with Angela how, like, the reaction to that has Mm -hmm. been right because in the episode I talk about how you know it's something I don't feel the need to do like with every uh person encounter right person Mm -hmm. that I come into contact with so for some people who were listening to it or saw that it was the first time that I guess I came out to them right Um, it was like literally I didn't mean to but I was coming out again (laughs) Yeah. And um it never stops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I mean that it was just interesting. I guess I w- yeah, was naive in that respect, right? That I was like not even realizing that. And at first the uh reaction or like attention from some people made me uncomfortable and I was like, well, it's not it's literally not a thing right mm-hmm. to me in my everyday life. In our everyday life, we literally just show up queer. Right. We probably have been for a long time, and we're just like, it's not a thought to me. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I did realize afterward, though, that I think it was actually doing some people good in some way to hear that I don't know either to feel like you said like an expansion of community a greater connection or for others um a pushing of their thinking of what bisexuality might look like um I think that is all good and I'm like okay I'm feeling better about it I feel happy about it about my second coming out, mm-hmm. my sequel right. <laughs> experience. Yeah. Yeah. For as long as we are assumed to be straight, we will always be coming out. 
Nathaniel, it's no secret that we now consider you a fashion icon of certain sort. <laughs> but it was not always that way. And we won't show those photos because <laughs> we care about you. But oh let's talk Bring about... Pants. Bring out the sweatpants. Yeah, exactly. I haven't, I haven't changed at home. Listen. <laughs> Okay, we well that we also love that. That's a fact. I'm literally wearing sweats right now, so like, yeah. I'm a fucking hypocrite. But <laughs> no, but I really just want to talk to you about yeah, like your fashion evolution and fashion expression, and talk to us about how that's changed in any way in correlation with you becoming more comfortable with yeah. being non-binary. My goodness, I could tell, I could talk about clothes all day. <laughs> Tap the, tap the nerve. It all started when I was born. Okay. Oh shit. So like growing up, this is I'll, I'll do like year zero through eighteen in like thirty seconds. Okay. So one, my mother dressed me. Okay, that was that's how it started. That's that how is, it starts forever. That's what they do. Right. You know, but like you know, she wouldn't let go for a long time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I went to uh, Catholic school, private school uniforms didn't have to totally. think that much about clothes oh, yeah. um didn't really start thinking that much about clothes until high school when like there were like dress down days and like doing all these things you know yeah. uh if it was like picture day like my mom was choosing me an outfit we had like i remember like one argument that i lost and you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah then it became like this like I don't know, like all the, so like we were, I feel like I, I lack context. I didn't give enough context in the beginning of my life. So I am a, identify as a black, queer, um, pan, non-binary man who grew up, uh, whatever the PC term is for poor these days. So, uh, people, uh, at my private school, you know, often did not share the same level of class with me. So I remember just like really loving a lot of their clothes, but like not really like being there or like having, you know, like they would go shopping and hang out and do all this stuff. Mm. And like I tried my best to tag along here and there, but like didn't have money. So uh, definitely like was kind of inspired by like beauty like i'm super visual love um beauty it's like and taking it through my eyes um a blessing and privilege um and so i was always very like drawn to that and my sister also is just like very into um clothes and fashion and like the like deeper like understanding of like what like you know like materials and like decades of fashion like she's like the like intellectual side of Mm -hmm. that yeah. Um, so that also inspired me. Um, and then went to college and just got to be like very comfortable, like comfort. You, you see what I'm wearing? I know that people listening cannot see, but like it is a, it's a onesie. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were literally just wearing a matching top and bottom, which is a thing. Yeah, for sure. Sets Love it. Oh, it looks comfortable. It looks like cotton. Love it. Just yeah. amazing. Um, comfort is always key for me um except when it's time to stunt and then it doesn't matter how uncomfortable I am (laughs) (laughs) okay um um, so you know like back in school and everything like basically like I remember sometimes one time someone said uh you know like you're always wearing like your Sunday best and I was like I never thought of it that way but it's like I just love (laughs) like feeling like crisp and like yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's truth to whatever that saying is about like dressing well makes you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Feel well, yeah, yeah. it makes you feel good. Um, you know, totally relate with that. So it's really all about like doing it as much as I can on my own terms. Like, hmm. you know, when I'm done wearing something, I'm done wearing. Like, there's like I can deal with discomfort up to a certain point. I'm like, this has lived. It's time, you know, the photos have been taken. It is time 
to go back into my sweatpants. <laughs> it is time. Mm-hmm. And more so these days, just be naked. Like clothes aren't really my thing. Identify as a nature. Well. If you're warm enough, way to rub it in our faces. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, we've got, we've got heat inside. You know, is your heat working? <laughs> get into a conversation about insulation either. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We'll move past it. Um, that sounds great. It's really about embodying. And I guess, like, if we're speaking about, like, you know, Instagram stuff, um, like those um, fashion shoots. Um, yeah. By the way, I mean, if we haven't told you yet, those photos are amazing and those colors look so good on you. Was there a powder blue get up? Cause there it was. was that was most recent. That was so funny to me that that was like so. Um, it. it was a lot. It was, a lot of people responded to that one. Um, and it was just like, my uh we have a big couch in our <laughs> living room and we we moved our drapes wow behind the God. couch i was like this was like literally like annalise just had um she had to test lights for she works at a school she had to test lights for a show they were doing and so we just like did like an impromptu suit i mean shoot i had the suit because i had planned to like wear it to easter because at that time the world was open um <laughs> And so I just like bought the heels and we just did a shoot and it felt so low key. And like that mm. one kind of blew up there and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. But I always just make sure to um, make sure it's for me. And I, I just, mm. I, I understand that authenticity resonates with people and it resonates with me. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Um, so I, I, I use that platform to just try and like be as um, me as possible. And then also like, I'm always thinking about whether it's like those shoots or whether it's my writing, I'm always thinking about the younger version of me who was very like cloistered and like, tr- you know, the internet was you know just starting to be what it is now. Social media is just starting to be what it is now. Um, and like, though social media is completely different, I still imagine, I don't know, like I was held back technologically and in, you know, many like class advancement ways that I know that like that's still happening. You know, obviously class is yeah. still a problem and will be the last thing that we overturn. It but, limits uh, some exposure. Yeah. So I'm just trying to reach them. I'm trying to reach that person. Mm. Um, and just like, I'm always thinking of, of little me, um, just like scrolling endlessly, yeah. staying up far too late, getting hmm. to you know. Um, but if you're going to be scrolling, like maybe you can see something that like reminds you that you can be. Um, I do want to say because this is a pivotal point. Yeah. In, in my doing these shoots, the first one I, the first one that meant like a whole lot to me. I don't know if it was actually the first one I did and posted, but. The first one that was like crazy meaningful was um, the recreation that I did. Um, I call recreation R I H creation for Rihanna. Oh um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw her photos for Vogue Australia a couple of years back, and like the second <laughs> my eyes, like it was that the, the the prime photo of like I'll describe it because. Mm-hmm. On a podcast, like why not? Let's do it. Her sitting and like leaning forward and wearing that like you know long leather skirt. I was just like, I love that. that's I it. Love that's that correct. Shot. That is me. Like that's I can do that. Like that. <sighs> it just like that was just that energy just hit me so hard. Um, hmm. And so I was like, I have to do this. And we put it together in two months. Some great friends. Um, we put it together and we did a couple, you know, we did a few looks from that shoot she did. Some of them were far too, um, like, difficult to recreate in that short amount of time. But, um, and we did a, a great job of, like, recreating it. And just, like, aside from the logistic and technical side, just, like, emotionally, it was just so meaningful for me to, like, do that. And that was, I think, like, really me stepping into, like, um, mm. like women's wear and, like, um, beginning that journey which was uh 2019 i did that so 
that was like super important. I don't know if this will ever reach Rihanna's ears or anyone who knows Rihanna, but we have the same birthday, which was just, you know, a few days ago. And no way. I'm always just hoping that she'll just, I don't know, reach out. Just tell me what she's doing. I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to check in once annually. That's it. Okay. And then if somewhere down the line, we smoke a blunt together. Like, I'm here for that as well. You know, but she's been like a big uh, inspiration and embodiment of mine for a few years. Um, and so it's like, there's no deeper connection than just sharing a birthday, <laughs> both actively being Pisces. So mm. that was just like a huge, a huge thing and like moment for me and like uh, outwardly expressing queerness. I think it's really interesting how you mentioned a couple of times and I think we've both, you know, a lot of, people I think have experienced this when they've publicly expressed or I don't want to say like performed their queerness, but like in a way that people can see, right. Where your queerness Mm -hmm. is visual and the way that that can blow up online. Like you said in, you know, a couple of the shoots to you, like they felt like no big deal. Mm -hmm. And then you post it online and it kind of takes on a whole different life. And also gives you like a sort of different affirmation that you didn't even intend to get. Um, I don't know. Like, what is that like for you when, when that happens, when that attention comes your way from something that you feel is just you sharing, you feeling good, feeling comfortable. I must say it is extremely overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it freaks me out especially the last one like normally it's like a pretty low level but the last one was like so like I've actively worked like on my relationship with social media and like um and still do but like again it's not about like the followers like followers will come and go I don't really think people use Instagram very intentionally a lot of the time um but I'm very big on intentionality um and so when people like post things or say certain like grandiose words, like I get uncomfortable because like it's not um, about me in that way. Like, you know, it's more just mm-hmm. like an expression of self. Um, and I appreciate that people appreciate it. You know, I just always am. I, I can't I don't I can't read people's minds, but I wish for people to take it in stride and like remember that like person any person that you admire or call an icon or anything like is 100% a human being like Mm. you know like you may not see the mistakes I make every day but like I see and (laughs) self-criticize them every Mm. day Mm -hmm. um something else I'm working on compassion um so I think that's part of like what really makes it uncomfortable is just like celebrity culture basically like um is a very like real thing that people True. feed into a lot without like thinking about it. Um, and like, you know, how can someone like you've never met, like let you down? You know what I mean? Like how can someone who's never promised you anything like let you down? Um, you know, it's cause we put all this stuff on them. We put our stuff on them. Um, and so like, that's that line that like, I don't, want to like have others cross with me um right like you're not a fully formed I do think like the thing is with idols right or celebrities which we sort of like create as icons we view them as like this is who they are they've arrived and that's how I feel like why sometimes coming out is also uncomfortable because it's Mm -hmm. like I am not I am still as you said, use term you used before, baby queer mm-hmm. in some ways, you know, still finding our way. I may express myself differently down the line. It may, things may change. Um, I may disappoint you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that can feel like, the attention can feel like pressure, maybe. But that's also not on the person at least like i'm i'm still you know i'm no 
very famous person. I'm not Lizzo. So like, <laughs> like, the, not the, yeah, you're not. The best she faces are far more like hmm. all encompassing, you know, it's like, that's, right. you know, I still have a lot more room to like step away than like someone who, I don't, I don't really know a lot of things about being a celebrity, but like <laughs> someone who's, you know, surrounded by these people and deeply invested in that culture. Hmm. Like, I can very much still step away from that uh, pressure and always want that, you know, and will always do my best to remind people. Like I'm something I'm in the process of making is like a little, like I haven't had the term yet, but like artist statement slash disclaimer that to just like remind people who like follow me and come through, like Mm. this is the page of a regular, regular human being. You know, Mm -hmm. you will see me at (laughs) Kroger, you know, and like, (laughs) <laughs> you know I'm not always true yeah. I have a question about you well you said you've like gotten into women's wear and mm-hmm. I wear men's wear and I also have a lot of um discomfort in my body sometimes mm-hmm. even when I'm wearing men's wear sometimes even more so and I wonder if you've experienced any like body dysphoria or any anything like that and how have you you shown yourself compassion or what's been your response to it um I love that um that's so relatable um and it's hard to have relatable moments like this in a pandemic I'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) yeah no Angela and I really do enjoy having our little queer sphere as I call it the queer sphere (laughs) Yeah, that's so real. Um, it's a process, again, inhibited by the pandemic because, like, I don't... Like, for me, step one was, like, okay, don't worry about what other people think. Hard to do when nobody sees you ever. Um, but even beyond that, like, I do feel like part of self-acceptance for me, and this may be healthy or unhealthy, let's talk about, but part of self-acceptance is like facing rejection from others. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. um, that's a good point. Like I totally like would feel, especially the first time I get something like uncomfortable, like this thing, I, I didn't even, I went outside and in this one, this one, it's not, you know how clothes just like, especially women's wear, like, often do not look the way on you, the way I look on said model in <laughs> on said website. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, so I think there's been a lot of like figuring out like who who I'm trying to embody. Like what is what is and like ultimately it's me, but like what is me? You know what I mean? Like what is this vision in my head? How can I outwardly express that? Um and like when I see it, what do I, how do I feel? And like I have to overcome, you know, I don't like the term self hate because like it's not always hate, right? But like I have to overcome like self criticisms and like uh, opinions that have been put in me that I don't really have, you know? I think of how like I would never like judge someone else the way that I'm judging myself right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so it's just like a lot of, it's a long process tied to this idea, this concept I have of like the way that healing works, which is just like not exactly about being able to like flip on a switch and just like immediately be compassionate necessarily, but more so taking, allowing oneself the time to move through like your first instinct and then like carry on until you're where you want to be, you know? Um, and so like, it's just kind of like a process of doing that, looking in the mirror and like, um, also just like repetition, you know, the more I wear something, the different spaces that I wear it in, different people I wear it around, um, all kind of contributes to like me ultimately being able to accept myself. And then also, sometimes it's like 
I'm trying this fit, but it does not work. Like ultimately, like I'm, I'm trying to make this work, but it is not working for me. Like I don't, it doesn't do for me what I want it to. Uh, Sometimes we all feel that way. You know, we've all felt that disappointment. I want you to know in a pair of jeans and a dress when it doesn't look the way you want it to. So it can be hard. And then to the point of dysphoria specifically, I was actually just talking about this the other day. I was like at Ralph. So like I was doing every now and then someone will assume like a, a like a stranger, a waiter or something, uh, will assume that what are the I don't know any of the right words to say out here, but like I've been called like They've used like she, her pronouns and been called ma'am, which I actually enjoy being called ma'am, but. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, how does that make you feel? Uh, it's feel great. Actually. I love when strangers assume um, uh, that I am a woman because that there's a big struggle of mine growing up was being uh excluded from uh women's spaces for like no reason like there weren't things that like these weren't it wasn't excluded like they were doing something with vulvas that day you know (laughs) yeah right like it wasn't inappropriate right in that sense right so um that's always i feel like that's i've always felt the most comfortable with women fans um, and just like, that's always the space I've wanted to be in. I'm actively working right now in these days on like my feelings about, uh, men. I mean, but like, I was gonna say men and masks, but like, if you're like a masked woman, like I, I'm down with that. You know what I mean? So it's really just like the, the classic interpretation of like a cis hetero man like those are the people who've always made me uncomfortable mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <laughs> um and yet that's the space i've always been you know assigned to or like uh, more commonly just like put into right so i appreciate when like strangers uh you know make that assumption you know assumptions etc cetera, etc cetera, but like yeah I appreciate, I appreciate that assumption um so I was, I don't know, I was at Ralph's grocery store. Um, I was going to say, what is Ralph? <laughs> My friend Ralph. East Coast here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was at a thing. I was going to make a joke. I can't remember what it was. Key Foods. You have Key Foods? No. Somewhere. Let's somewhere that. around here we have Key York, Foods, right? So I, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. Anyway, I try. Food for life. <laughs> Ralph's. So I was at Ralph's. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Walmart. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was at Ralph's and like, uh, lately I've been like trying to lean into that assumption. And so like normally uh, I have a beard. I've had a beard for a few years and I shaved it a few months ago um, because masks, masks would, most masks would like fit over the beard. um, But some don't <laughs> and so i was like curious right. to see like if people would if shaving the beard would like get me that assumption more mm-hmm. um because that assumption makes me feel good mm-hmm. and uh i i don't know really if it did or didn't again pandemic wasn't going out all that much but uh i don't know i saw myself <laughs> in my car window when i was at rouse and i was like i was like, Motherfucker. I was like you don't have breasts and you don't want breasts and people that's a huge part of like the assumption of people you know yeah yeah i was like just be you dude (laughs) you know like like i saw a tiktok that was like i don't know who needs to hear this but you look non-binary like i don't care who you are i don't Mm -hmm. care who you are i was like you don't look like when I see you, like I don't see man, I don't see blah, 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 blah. 
And I was like, that like is a hundred percent. Like I know like we're, I'm in LA. So like there are many people who are gender non-performing and like outwardly express that. Um, so it's definitely a more accepting place in that way. Um, but, I, but there are still people, you know, who are unfamiliar and like, yeah. It's, I've, I, haven't, I haven't gotten any like wild comments on the street up to this point. Um, but at the same time, like I do know like when I go somewhere, like you can tell when there's like the recognition and or kinship or when they're just like, ah, eh, this person looks weird, but you know, I don't care. And we're just serving, <laughs> them, you know, et cetera. You know, it's like, you can, you yeah. can feel it. Um, so uh, I was just like, just another la- layer of like self-acceptance and just like, I, I can't, I don't think control like what a stranger, how a stranger sees me, you know, or like what right. they assume or how they then speak of me in that way. Um, so that felt like, I haven't like read a lot about like, dysphoria um but like that felt like in that sphere Mm. you know yeah yeah it's a grappling and a struggling with you know come your physical self and your mind and like the dissonance that occurs between the two sometimes i like what you said though about repetition just like continuing to present yourself in ways that are authentic, Hmm. even when you're uncomfortable. I mean, obviously like safety is priority. If you're in a spot where you can't do that and feel safe, then like number one, that's sad, but also totally get it. Um, But yeah, if you can be safe, then just, you know, continue to show up despite the discomfort that resonates with me. I feel like I'll take that and, I'll take that and run with it. Use it. Yeah, yeah. What's your experience with that, Ange? Like that discomfort you were talking about? Well, I shared in the last episode that I had a moment where I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm trans. Mm -hmm. And I had ended up buying a binder. Actually, after that episode, I wore the binder one day to work. Just, yeah. I was like, I'm going to see how this feels now. Um, mm, uh, I'm trying to think when I bought the binder, maybe like two years ago. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So two years, wore the binder again. And I was like, I don't know that this feel like it didn't feel euphoric. I wasn't like, oh my God, like this feels amazing. Um, and so you know, I'm like, okay, well, one step closer to knowing what's true is to know what's not. So that that doesn't resonate. Um, But really, like, what brings up my dysphoria is, like, my chest specifically. Hips, like, like, whatever. Um, But, like, my chest has always been just a place of discomfort because when certain clothes lay on my chest, it doesn't lay the way I want it to lay, mm-hmm. especially like men's clothing. It sometimes it's designed in a way that's just not, doesn't go with the boobs. Right. So, um, and it's funny. I, I also follow uh, a non-binary uh, human on Instagram and I, I can't remember, they posted something, but one of their followers said, or asked like, is it common for a lesbian to n- wanna get top surgery and not identify as like trans or non-binary? And it was like, totally, yeah. And I was like, whoa, I had never, it's sort of like that normalizing experience of like, oh, I can have this thought and still be a lesbian if that's what's like true for me, you know? Right, exactly. Of course. But sometimes you need to see that somebody else has like conquered that ground before you. Yeah, totally. Or just know and that then, it's like a normal yeah. thought and experience for other people. 
right feel this same way like oh I don't want to have boobs but I also like trans is not authentic to me um so that was really nice I find that the more I engage in the queer community the more normalized things become I'm like oh okay my dog is coughing up a lung in the back. He's I thought I heard a little, He's so gross. little something, something. Well, he, he, he like coughs just for attention. It's uh-huh. so nasty. Been there. Come on. <laughs> it's honest. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Okay. So we talked about um, class before you, you, you mentioned class and about how, you felt like maybe at times that like your lack of access to a certain class might have like just held you back in certain ways, um, clothing wise or experience wise. So let's talk about race and like, if you feel like your existence, right. As a black man, a black non-binary person in America has, I don't know, like created any challenges or opened up any unique opportunities to you in the queer space. And like, if there is any kind of difference in conversation in or representation in the black community in regards to queerdom. Yeah. As far as opportunities, I will say, so the place in which I'm trying to build a career I've not been super career oriented these days so I'm like grasping at words um but (laughs) the place I'm trying to build a career is the tv writing space and it is hip to be um to be brown it's is it hip to be queer I don't know it doesn't hurt though (laughs) okay it doesn't hurt all right you know um but it's definitely hip to be brown. Uh, so like there are now like all these like fellowships and contests and stuff that are like just aimed at us. And like, so like that's a thing that's, I, I don't really have like a value statement for that, but that's, that's happening. Yeah. Um, so, and then as far as like socially, I like mostly only hang out with brown and black queer people. I'm running through as I'm speaking slowly as I run through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody in life. Yeah. So it's like either they're queer or I don't know that information about them. And mm-hmm. like I don't really ask a lot of questions a lot of time because like again, like it really like when it's pertinent, it's pertinent. You mm-hmm. know. Um, like to Angela's point, like I have a friend who just got um, top surgery who is uh, seeing a woman, but like, I don't really know any of their labels. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that they're trans. I think that they just got top surgery. Um, But to that point, just like, we're all just kind of out here. Um, I don't really have like a comparison or, or contrast. Um, I know that there's like a lot of like issues with, um, race, like within like the grand scheme of the queer community, like particularly with like white gay men. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, (laughs) <laughs> I don't really like I don't know I like everyone who I talk to and hang out with <laughs> like I, I don't really want to issues like I it sounds to me and correct me if I'm wrong but it does sound like you've I don't know like built a community that is I don't know like oriented with like-minded and and likewise people to you did you do that deliberately to seek out you know yes. community that community okay <laughs> 100%. Yeah. because people terrify me 
And I, I have trust issues. So I spend a while getting to know somebody. And like, even like, I'm going to start just laying out, I think the term is platitudes here. I'm just going to start mm-hmm. speaking freely. Yes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll yes. come back if I say anything problematic. But like, even like the largest danger to me as how I present is, um, the largest danger to me is a white woman particularly cis white woman. Right, it's um, true. But like, I have so many white women friends mm-hmm. who are um, who are working like in their minds, like who are, who are active, who um, are, who believe in like compassion and wellness and not just like, you know, the peace of the white moderate as MLK mm-hmm. would say, you know? So like, it's for me it's just always been about like whether I've known it or not. And I've only mm. recently really um found the like intentionality here. But like it's always about the energy. Like it's always about the energy. No one's perfect. Um people make mistakes. They largely don't make them around me. <laughs> and if they do, <laughs> um, you know, they're people that that I can talk to about it. Um so so yeah, that's definitely like been intentional, especially like the last couple of years. Like last year, really, like uh, when I turned twenty-five, um, I like had people at a dinner. This was this was three weeks before we shut down. Uh, wow. <laughs> had people at a dinner. Glad you got it in. Yeah, no, seriously. I was, this was my first kind of birthday. I was like, like, <laughs> yeah, I've been um, but I was like, all of you are here, like on purpose. Yeah, it's just very important to me to be surrounded by like a certain energy that has like compassion and positivity and like wellness, like at the center, you know, my favorite people, like people I remember the most, like are always that are, you know, like are always, or were when I knew them, you know, like we're full of that. So I think it's very important wherever you are, whoever you are to like build that community. And it's not even like, like, and again, like LA, I said, is like a very like accepting place in the sense, but it's not, for me, it hasn't, I don't think, really been about the fact that I'm here. It's more so, um, ooh, wasp, please don't do this. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. Don't move. You're doing the right thing. I should just ignore it? Yeah, yeah. just ignore it. And it won't kill me? It won't. Yeah, no, it won't. I'm taking your word. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You are liable if I'm okay. I Okay. Right. By anything. I accept. (laughs) So whatever you are, I'm on edge now, but whatever you are, um, I think it's important to, to find that and build that like very intentionally. Like, and I would like, it's so hard now, right. To go outside (laughs) and do that. But like, um, but I've even been engaging more with like online stuff. Online is just harder for me because like, it's much harder to read someone's energy. Like, Mm -hmm. unless they're like posting like actual stories and like, the like comments are, Comments are a hard place for me. Um, but I think that's like the most invaluable thing one can do is just like surround yourself with like people who care about you. And some people have that. Like some people like have um, that like built in like via family and like, you know, my family loves me 100%. Um, it's just that there's some disconnects here and there throughout the square. So it's important to have people who can really understand you on like a like deep intimate level um, and that you can turn to whatever. I feel that your I, own I, queer sphere. Own queer sphere. In Jersey, I heard you saying you were going to build it in New Jersey. Oh, yes. I'm yeah. trying to build a, a queer girl gang in Jersey. Exactly. Um, yeah. Dude. It's, it's important. It's important. I think I've hit that stage. I was telling Nathaniel um, that I'm hitting this point now where I want to be surrounded by, by more queer people because there's just this understanding and uh, unfiltered environment where mm. you just be. And I think it's so freeing when you just don't have to explain or 
be met with confusion mm-hmm. um, where you would otherwise be met with that in some, you know, more straight uh, heteronormative spaces. So it's really nice to just like have that energy <laughs> for other things. Sure, people don't get it. Exactly. <laughs> right. They don't. And frankly, I don't get them. <laughs> that might be. That might be it. That might be it. I was, I was literally talking. I called someone last night because I was thinking. I was like, the times are changing. Understanding is out there. I have a friend who works um, with kids with like preschoolers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And well, I guess all ages works at a library. But um, I was like, are are the straights being bullied yet? Like, have we, have we flipped the script? It's not what I'm going for. I've just seen humanity in action. I know. And I'm like, you know, like, has, is, have we reached that point? Because, like, that's, that's a point. That's a point we're going to reach. Kids are <laughs> So uh, her yeah. answer was, like, not quite yet, but we're on the way. Not quite yet, but we are on the way. I did mention to Angela before you were on the call that Gallup just came out with this new poll, uh, and it was about the like identification with the LGBTQ community among millennials and Gen Z. And it found that, yeah, like basically with every generation, at least as seen between millennials and Gen Z, it's becoming like progressively more queer. Just more people are feeling comfortable identifying as trans, identifying as bisexual, identifying as gay or lesbian. Um, not only a per- the percentage of the population, but the numbers are so much bigger. Well, do you like remember any percentage? Because I'm like, who's left? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just, but that's like my life. That's on purpose. Like, I've surrounded myself with this bubble. Like, and so I'm like, okay, like out there, like who's left? And the reason I had the thought was because like I was thinking of people, and I'm like, I, I can't for life remember who I was thinking of. Maybe it's for the best. That I was like, okay, like you are like, I basically, my, my, my theory, my concept is that like everyone is either just like has progressed to the point of self-acceptance of their self or not. That's like my general concept. Mm-hmm. You have progressed to the point of self-acceptance, you are queer. And if you're not, you're doing something else. So I'm like, okay. And then I had a thought of like one friend and I was like, oh, like, I guess I can't really see you like being queer. Like, I guess you might just be an ally like forever. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, sure. But They're like, out there. The straights right? are out there, folks. I feel like I know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Many, maybe. Like, uh, I'm doing like, something wrong. They're like real straight. Like, like there's nothing, they'll never, they're, like, they're not heteroflexible. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, what are they doing behind these closed doors? Because once you start, I'm just saying, you know, there are just things where I'm just like, you're, I, I can't tell you what you are. Or you know, I think we just need to scratch the paint a little bit on a couple of them, Angela, to be honest. All right, well, we'll have to discuss who we're thinking about. <laughs> we might be uh, holding different people in our minds at this moment, but <laughs> yeah. perhaps I'll put up a, an Instagram poll. Are you heteroflexible, yay or nay? And see who comes up. There are people like, in my mind, I'm like, you will, never, you will never cross any lines that society has told you not to cross. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And like some people, mm-hmm. that's in, some people that's in like a kind of like the energy is like, conservative repressive but some people it's just like some people are still like i have a friend like i mean then again like is she but like she she says she's strictly dickly but like and she also is very like just has the openness to life that we're talking about you know okay okay yeah um so like i'm just saying like never say never happens both ways like i know of a, uh, a guy who said he was gay yes. uh, exclusively forever and then, you know, like fell in love with a woman. And like, you know what I mean? It's like... No, it's true. I'm just saying. Yeah, never seen that. Well, ever. you can always have, like we talk about like the, you know, perhaps uh, being romantically attracted to both genders, 
but only sexually attracted to uh, one. Mm-hmm. You know, then we get romantic. Right, right, right. Um, sure. But yeah, never, never say never is always never a good, never. good yeah. thing to come back to. Yeah. And even that, like being uh, biromantic or, and you know, again, we're back to that, that wictionary I have to send you. Don't right, 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 right. Until right now. So don't even forget. Oh text, I'm, I'll be right back. I'm just going to text. I have it I saved. It. <laughs> I need Good. to text it because I, I am guaranteed to forget this. And it's just wild that how many. It's true, though. Yeah, there's a whole. Um, Could I send it in this chat, the Zoom chat? Yeah, yeah there's a whole litany of terms. Um, I can't wait to have my mind blown. Because mind I'm, blown. I looked at it once and I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's a project. <laughs> <when> I, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I don't even know what I was saying, but I had to send that. That's very important. Uh, well, I just want to say, uh, you know, like you were talking about, I don't know, like the comfort these spaces can bring. And I just want to say thank you for like helping us create this space. Um, I think this was good for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this is so, like you said, it's so, um, much more difficult to do this in the pandemic to like have community yeah. among people who you feel comfortable with among people who, you know, understand your place in the queer community and in your openness. So I really appreciated it. Me too. It's nice to like talk to different people about the same stuff. It's always Mm -hmm. nice for me. Yeah. Love it. Very grateful. That's all for us today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Life. You can like and follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Life and subscribe most places where you find your favorite podcasts. Let's Talk Life is produced by Jackie and Angela with editing and sound design by Angela. See you all next time.